0: passionate about the truth of God's word and will tell you like it is. autumn Miles is best-selling author of three books popular speaker, CEO, wife of 17 years and mom of four kids and not to mention everybody's best friend with fresh biblical insight she dares you to step out in raw faith.
1: miles welcome back to another super exciting edition of the fresh autumn mile show so this weekend here i am (laughs) this weekend my husband and i have have thought that it was a good idea to totally uh redo our home okay i've been wanting to do this for a very long time um and when i say a very long time i think i think when corona hit last year When we were in our home so much last year, I remember how much I wanted to like, you know, you know how it is freshen things up. We've been married 17 years, so it's like it's time to slap some more paint on the walls and, you know, you know, swap out some stone and, you know, that kind of stuff. So last year, I, I get this idea like I, it's time. We need to freshen up our home. Well, um, we have put it off and put it off and put it off and put it off. Now we've gotten a thousand bajillion estimates from all these contractors and stuff. However, this weekend just seemed to be the weekend where my husband was like, we are all in. Okay. I happen to have an event on Saturday night that I was speaking at. And so we get up early on Saturday and we like, we are like planning out our day. My daughter has something. So we pick her up from that and we go and we head to the furniture stores because we are going to redo our house. I'm running a little late coming home. I like to have a couple hours before anything that I do to just kind of refresh my mind, pray, ask God to bless the event or whatever. And um, we're running into my comfort cushion time. I like to think of it. And um, we're driving down the George Bush tollway, highway, tollway, whatever it is in dallas and we're going 80 miles an hour now the speed limit's like 75 so we're not speeding that bad okay but we are we are hauling down the bush okay which is what we call it in dallas i uh i'm talking to my husband and all of a sudden we feel we can feel you guys we can feel something give on our car. Now we drive an enormous car. We drive one of those uh, big SUVs that can fit our whole family. And it's, it's super sturdy. We've actually driven this same model of car for like, since Jude was one. So we're talking like 12 years. We feel something give in our car. I It's like one of those moments where you're like, okay, I don't know what's happening, but I'm terrified about whatever it is that's happening. We feel something give in our car. Now we're trying to get home so I can have my super cushion time to spend time with Jesus before this conference on Saturday night. And I look at Eddie and he, God bless him, was super quick to respond. And so he pulls over to the side of the road. And um, we know that something's gone wrong. You know, the kids are screaming in the back. I mean, Haven could not be more dramatic. She is like like screaming because we all feel it in our car. Pull over to the side of the road. Eddie gets out. Now we are on the side of a humongous highway and people are going just as fast as we were going, 80 miles an hour buzzing beside us. And side note, by the way, guys. If there is a car stopped on the side of the road, change lanes. And and you know, you know how it is. If there's like a policeman on the side of the road pulling someone over, you're supposed to change lanes to the middle lane. So the people on the side of the road don't feel like they're going to die. Okay. Nobody was doing that. And I was mad at everyone. Anyway, back to my story. So we pull over and he gets out of the car. I'm like terrified that we're all going to die because we're going to get hit by some car that's coming and they're not going to see us. They're going to be on their phone or something. And you know, we're all going to die. I know I went there like it was crazy. He gets out of the car. He comes to the right side. The right front tire is what it was. And the tire literally looks like it exploded. It's smoking. He said he saw it on fire. No joke. I get out of the car who, you know, me, I'm super calm. <laughs> I get out of the side of the car and I just stare at it. And that's when, you know, that I'm like, it's bothering me when I don't say anything. And I looked at this, the, at the tire and it looked like it had just exploded. I'm standing there for a minute. Of course, we have to call. Cassie actually rescued me and my family um, while Eddie waited for AAA to come. I'm sitting there looking at this tire and I am just overcome as I go into that night, as I I speak at this conference, and as I um, just kind of process the events of the day. Um, I'm overcome. I'm overcome by how the enemy Satan was after my mind. Now, God protected us and we were absolutely 100% fine, but I was so excited about doing this event um, just because I was excited about what I was talking about. I felt like God had given me exactly what he wanted me to talk about. I felt like it was a fresh perspective and I actually might talk about what I spoke about on the show. I am looking forward to doing what God had asked me to do. And about an hour before, Satan really tried to get me off track. And I have to say, he was successful for a short time. Um, He was successful. I was kind of shaky. I was like, he just had got me off track for a short time. I was able to overcome and I was able to say, you know, I see this as an attack from the enemy on my mind. So I am going to choose to put it out of my mind so I can focus on what I'm doing um, tonight. But I knew that the enemy was after me so that he could disable me from working for him on saturday night and i and it did work for a time until i got my mind together and i'm thinking about us and i'm thinking about what we see that is distracting us that is um overwhelming us that is making us fearful that is making us shake that is making us worry that is making us whatever he will throw Whatever he can at you, a blown up tire on the side of a highway with all of your family in the car, he'll throw uh, anything at you he can to get you off track, to get your mind off track to what God wants to use you for. And I guess just a word as we start the podcast today of warning, watch these tricks of the enemy to get your mind so incarcerated by fear, frustration, um, whatever it is, to keep you from what God is asking you to do and the work he has set before you. It was very strategic. The timing was very strategic of it all. Our our tire is fine. Eddie got it fixed. It's totally fine. Um, But in that moment, It definitely played on my mind. So those are my opening thoughts for today. I have got a whole bunch to talk to you guys about. Join me in just a second after the break.
0: We'll be back with more from Autumn right after this.
2: Are you looking for a passionate speaker for your next conference, church function, or fundraiser? Autumn Miles is the right fit for you. As the founder of the Autumn Miles Ministry, a live event ministry, Autumn has not only spoken at events around the country, she has planned and directed them. Autumn is a survivor of domestic abuse, and she is passionate about educating the church on how to effectively assist victims. Her message of hope and healing has been shared on the big stage internationally. Autumn is devoted to spiritually challenging people to draw closer to God. She is a passionate advocate for the word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. To find out how you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement, go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, just search the top of the index for the invite Autumn tab, Click on it and scroll down for more information. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com.
0: Be sure to follow Autumn on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. And now, back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles.
1: Okay, here we are back after the break, you guys. I have a word for you guys today. I'm just going to go ahead and start right out the gate. I feel like I say that a lot, right out the gate, but I'm going to say it again with the verse I'm going to use today, okay? And then I'm going to back it up, set it up, give you a whole passage to back up what I'm saying Deuteronomy 1.6 says this, the Lord, our God spoke to us at Horeb saying, you have stayed long enough at this mountain. Turn and set your journey and go to the hill country of the Amorites. It's time to go. Do you know what I'm saying? It's time to go. It's time to go. It's time to move on. You have stayed long enough at this mountain. You have stayed long enough at this mountain. This is why I think this message is relevant for us today. Last year did a number on all of us. It did a number on all of us. You know, when COVID-19 came in and our coronavirus or whatever you want to call it, Um, about a year ago, y'all, it was about, I think it was almost exactly a year ago. um, When COVID-19 came in, none of us knew what to to expect. We were all shocked. We're seeing everything happen on the news. And it was like, oh my goodness, everything is falling apart. Okay. We didn't know anything about what was going on. And over time, we've got a vaccine. Now we've got a lot of, of, um, we kind of know what the symptoms are. We know the risk factors. And all this kind of stuff. So we were shocked at first, kind of taken off guard by COVID being introduced into our world. And it developed in us fear. It developed in us a healthy caution. It developed in us a lot of different mentalities that probably were relevant at the time. They were needed. Like we needed to figure out what the heck was going on and how this was going to affect us and all this kind of thing. Now we know a lot of things about it. Okay. And so now that we are educated on it, we know who's at risk. We know what's at risk. We know how to protect our families and whatever those mentalities should have lightened over the course of time, okay? What I'm going to talk about today does not just have to deal with COVID-19. This also can deal with a mentality that you have been in for too long. Maybe you got divorced, like me, 20 years ago, and you're still scared of men. Or you still won't let anyone in because you got so hurt so terribly hurt so hurt uh, so bad it was very traumatic but here you are 21 20 years later and you are stuck in the same mentality maybe you got hurt by the church five years ago and you it hurt you so badly because someone in leadership told you xyz That you still to this day cannot attend church because you identify God with church and you don't want to have anything to do with God because of church. I believe God is telling us, I want you to move on from a mentality that you've set in for too long. You can have something affect you so deeply that a year will go by two years will go by, five years will go by, 10 years will go by. And before you know it, 25, 30 years have gone by and you have carried a mentality with you for 30 years when if you would have done the work in the beginning and actually moved on, forgiven, got, you know, did some therapy, got in the word, whatever it is, if you would have handled it and faced it earlier on, you would have saved yourself a lot of mental struggle. I find this verse very therapeutic for my own life. Deuteronomy 1, 6, the Lord, our God spoke to us at Horeb and said, you have stayed long enough at this mountain. Turn and set your journey here and go to the hill country of the Amorites. You have stayed long enough. It is time for you in your mind to move forward, to move on. It is time to leave some of these things that are bothering you, worrying you. It's time to leave them and to turn your journey into a new journey, something fresh, something new. Okay. Um, This passage of scripture, I'm just going to go ahead and read it. uh, I'm going to read it from Deuteronomy 1. And I'm probably, let's see, I'll probably read it down to... Maybe, maybe nine. Uh, Deuteronomy 1, one says this. These are the words which Moses spoke to all of Israel across the Jordan in the wilderness in the Arabah, opposite Suf, between Paran and Tophel and Laban and Hazeroth and Dizahab. You're welcome for pronouncing all those for you. It is 11 days' journey from Horeb by way of Mount Seir to Kadesh Barnea. In the 40th year, on the first day of the 11th month, Moses spoke to the children of Israel according to all that the Lord had commanded him to give to them. After he had defeated Sion, the king of the Amorites, who lived in Heshbon, and Og, the king of Bashan, who lived in Ashtar. Roth and Edray, you're welcome, across the Jordan and the land of Moab, Moses undertook to expound this law, saying, that's all is set up for this verse. The Lord our God spoke to us at Horeb, saying, you have stayed at this mountain long enough Turn and set your journey and go to the hill country of the Amorites and to all their neighbors in the Arabah, in the hill country, in the lowland, in in the Negev, and by the sea coast, the land of the Canaanites in Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates. See, verse 8, I have placed the land before you. Go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to give your fathers to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to them and their descendants after them. I want to back this up because um, in verse two, it tells us how long it should have taken them to get to the promised land. You want to hear it? It is 11 days journey from Horeb by the way of Mount Seir to Kadesh Barnea. It should have taken the Israelites 11 days to get to the promised land. 11 days, about 11 days journey. 11 days, 11 days, 11 days, like 11 days. That's nothing. How long did it take them? 40 years. Now, there was reason for that, and there was God's consequences in that, and God delayed based on what he wanted. God is God. We are not God. When we disobey God, there are consequences to it, but it could have taken them 11 days. It could have taken them 11 days, just 11. That's it. Took them 40 years. I'm 40 years old. They traveled my entire life to get to Canaan. I find that terrifying yet understandable at the same time. And when God in verse six says, the Lord your God spoke uh, to us at Horeb saying, you have stayed long enough at this mountain, turn and set your journey. Sometimes God has to say enough is enough. Enough is enough. You need to move on. You should have only been on this journey of anger for a very short time. You should have been on this journey of frustration or misunderstanding for a very short time. 11 days. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. You should have been. I I understand that you are um, flesh and I understand that you're a human and I understand that you, um, you don't have the mind of me. I'm pretending like I'm God. You should have got there maybe a little bit quicker. Enough. Is enough. You've stayed here long enough. It should have only taken you 11 days, and here we sit years later. Enough is enough. It's time to move on. Enough is enough. It's enough. We don't want to hear any person say this to us. Man, you've been bitter a long time. Could you imagine one of your friends saying, Hey, let's go to coffee? Let's get one of those fancy teas that Cassie drinks um let's let's go drink some tea and someone sitting across the table from you going listen you've been bitter for so long like enough is enough move on move forward set your journey go somewhere like it's time to move on could you imagine a tea like that i mean i've had some of those teas but there there's not a lot of them uh, there's not a lot of them okay we don't want to hear this We don't want to hear this kind of chatter and this kind of talk, okay? But I do think that sometimes we need someone to talk to us like a mama or uh, like God said to the Israelites. Sometimes we need someone to just look at us and say, you have been worried over this one thing for way too long. Long, you need to understand that uh, your worry is not producing anything good. You need to move forward. You need to move on. You've been mad at your ex for way too long. did he did he or she do things that were wrong? Absolutely. absolutely. But for your own for your own mental health and welfare, you need to forgive them and move on. I found you guys doing doing ministry for all the years that we've done it, and and really in a lot of different capacities. I mean, you know, we've done, I've done a lot of different facets of ministry. You know, um, local church ministry, we've done national ministry, we've done international ministry, we've done radio shows, we've done a lot. And one of the things I think that burdens me the most is when I speak at a conference, guys, and this happens all the time. I'll speak at a conference and I'll stand in the back and I always, you know, sell the book thing and do the whatever. But I I am so anxious to get to the back because I am obsessed with all of you guys that come and I love to hear your stories and I love to pray with you. It's one of my most favorite things to do um, in my job. But I'll go home completely heartbroken over a woman that pulls me aside and says, I'm 50 years old and I've been mad at something that my mom did to me or mistreated me since I was 10. I I literally go home with you guys in my mind when you come up to me and say, you know, my husband divorced me. 16 years ago and I'm still struggling with whatever it is, anger, the betrayal, whatever it is. I'll go home and I, and sometimes it literally will keep me up at night as I think through your faces and your stories about um, situations that you've gone through, which are traumatic. And I am not taking that away from you at all. But I think of the time lost And I think of the consequences of not allowing the spirit of God to come in and wash over our minds and move us forward. Now, some of the things that happen definitely need therapy. Some of the things need biblical counseling from a solid biblical counselor some things take work. Some um, mentalities take literal deciding to work, do the work in order to move forward. I'm not saying it is easy. I'm not saying it's something that you can just all of a sudden do, but I am saying that the alternative of sitting in a place for 40 years rather than 11 days is not worth it. I myself have had to do some incredibly hard work on my own mind based on my previous marriage. But I've thought to myself, if I can just put, go all in for a year or whatever it is, it's going to save me so much heartache for years to come. When the Lord says this, he's talking about the the Israelites physically moving to a different place. This hit me different. Some of us have sat in these mentalities for so long they are comfortable to us. The Israelites had to pack up hundreds of thousands of people, probably millions of people, they had to pack them all up. Nobody likes to move. They had to do the work of packing everybody up and moving on to a different location. When you are, when the Lord is telling you, you've sat in this emotion, this hurt, this unforgiveness, this anger for too long. It is going to take work. You think the Israelites wanted to pack everybody up and move on? No, they didn't. It would have been much easier for them just to sit there, stay there, camp there forever, build a whole life there because moving is the worst thing in the whole entire world. However, they did it because God said to do it. And if they didn't do it, they never would have seen Canaan. I think God is asking some of us today, especially based on the events of last year and maybe based on the events of the last five years or 10 years for you or 15 years. for you. I think I feel like God is saying, you've sat here too long. I've got Canaan waiting for you and you're content on this mountain. As a matter of fact, in verse eight, it says this, see, I have placed this land before you go in and possess it which the Lord your God swore to give to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to them and their descendants after them. I've got a better mental place for you. I've got a place of peace for you. I've got a place of forgiveness for you. I've got a place of of grace for you. I've got a place that where you can actually have joy in your mind again. I've got it. It's right there. But in order for you to get to this mental Canaan, you have got to move on and deal with what you've been holding for a while in your mind you can move on i'm telling you this out of experience this is not some fancy platitude this is out of experience in my own mind you can do the work you can retrain how you think with help i biblical counseling is amazing both of my parents are biblical counselors okay they both do it on a regular basis They have their degrees, their practices, the whole thing. Some of you might need that. Wouldn't it be nice if you did the work now, so this time next year, you could look back and say, I'm free. I'm in a different place mentally than I've ever been. I don't want to sit in this fear any longer. I don't want to sit in this anxiety any longer. I don't want to sit in this frustration any longer. I don't want to sit in this hurt any longer. I don't want to. I don't want to sit here anymore. I'm going to move on because I've got a mental Canaan waiting for me. If I just pack up, do the work, and move forward. You can do it because I've done it. It's not easy, but it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. I love you guys. I hope this helps you today. I I just want to pray for those of you that are kind of stuck. You're just kind of stuck. I don't know how. Well, you know what? Thank God for his word. I don't know where to start. Well, there's a lot of biblical counselors in your area. You can start with your pastor. Pastor, I'm struggling. Who can I talk to? I don't I don't know. I don't, I'm too nervous to talk to my pastor. Okay, we'll start for, with forgiveness. Start with forgiveness, even though they don't ask. I'm just struggling with anxiety. I'm just struggling with it. Well, every time you feel overwhelmed with anxiety, think of something you're not anxious about. God has given us so many tools in his word and so many tools via humanity and pastors, counselors. You don't have to stay where you are. You have stayed at this mountain long enough. Turn and set your journey and go to the hill country. It's time to move on. Lord, I just pray for those out there. I know exactly what it feels like to sit and set up camp in a bad place emotionally and mentally for too long. I know what it feels like. And God, I just pray for everyone that's listening today that's like, I know I need to move forward. I just... It's going to be hard. I pray, Lord, that you would give them your grace, that you would give them your mercy. God, I pray that you would provide them with the path to get where you want to take them. God, I pray that they would be bold and have conversations with pastors and leaders and whoever they need to, Lord, to move forward. I pray Lord, for those that know that they need counseling or they know that they need to forgive or they know whatever they need, Lord, God, I pray that you would give them the boldness and the strength for them to finally make that call and to step into action rather than sitting in, in action for any longer. Lord, we love you and we need you. We need you, Lord. To overwhelm us, Lord, with your leadership, God, with your grace, with practical steps for us. God, I thank you, Lord, that you are the God that came to set the captives free. Freedom is found in you. And you love us so much, Lord, that you want us to be free. We trust you. God, I pray that you would tell that one that's listening right now that's struggling so bad. I pray that you tell them that you love them. You love them so much. You see their struggle. You see their tears. You see what seems hopeless. You see exactly where they're at. And I pray, God that you would give them the boldness and the grace to move on and to move forward. In Jesus name. Amen. I will answer a question from you right after the break.
2: Does it seem like God is answering everyone's prayers, but yours? Do you want to see results from your prayer life? Do you feel as if you are a professional Christian with an amateur prayer life? If so, Autumn's latest book, Gangster Prayer, is for you. Autumn Miles wrote Gangster Prayer because she herself experienced disappointment from years of praying with little results. Gangster Prayer will show you how to unlearn bad habits in prayer and build your prayer life on a foundation of faith and not doubt. Get your copy of Gangster Prayer today at autumnmiles.com or anywhere books are sold.
0: And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles.
1: Hey guys, back after the break with a question from you. And I love this so much because I actually um, call Cassie, who works with me. Cassandra. And this message is from Cassandra, (laughs) but an actual real Cassandra, not Cassie. Her name's not Cassandra. I just like to call her that. This is what Cassandra is writing us in. She says, in your recent podcast, you answered a question about having a friend in a waiting season, waiting for a promise that you are living out. But... What should you do if you are the one waiting while everyone around you is receiving their promise or their answered prayers? Example relationships, finances, engagements, babies, etc. So, thank you, Cassandra. I love that you kind of asked the flip side of what I answered a couple of weeks ago. Um, if you are waiting. <laughs> Uh, first of all, let me just say, I know it's a frustrating place for you to be in, Cassandra. I've been there. I get it. Okay. Um, I can liken this a very, there's lots of different examples I could use. But when, um, when we were in line to, when we were on the list to adopt, you know, we waited almost three years to do it. And it felt like it was crazy. Like every week we would get an email that said, so-and-so was matched with their forever home and so-and-so was matched with their forever home, like literally every week, sometimes multiple times a week. And we were never the adoptive parents who were matched with their baby making a forever home. So it was very, very frustrating. It was very hard. Um, so I understand what you're going through when you are waiting for some something and everyone around you seems to be getting what you are waiting for. Um, I had to change my perspective and I have had to change my perspective when it seems like other people are getting things that I want or that I'm praying for. A lot of times um, I will think now, healthy Autumn, will think, wow, God did it for them. And it's going to encourage my faith because I know that same God is at work in my situation. I've had to retrain the way I think rather than look at people and I'm thinking, oh, they have what I want. Um, I use it actually now as motivation to say, I see what God did for them. That same God knows my greatest desire and he is working on what I've been praying for and he is going to bring it to pass for me as well. Um, A lot of times that helps me be very, I am very happy when people have a success, like people call me all the time, just so I can celebrate things with them. I love to be happy for people. I love to see God working in their life. I love it. I love, 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 love it. I don't know. It rejuvenates me. Maybe you're not like that, but that just tends to be the way I am. But when I want the thing. It's a little bit harder to be overjoyed and excited, but I will say this to you, Cassandra, if you just sort of reframe the way you see others get answered a prayer that you're wanting and you allow yourself to stand on the truth that that same God is working in your situation as he did in their lives, I think it will help you greatly it's going to take some discipline on your on your part, um, but it's a reframing. It's a perspective different. Even if you have to wait, listen, I had to wait 18 years to adopt and I wanted to adopt since I was 18. Actually, it was longer than 18 years, I think. Um, I wanted to adopt since I was 18 years old and here I had to wait all these years to adopt. But let me tell you something. Once God gave me Moses and Haven via adoption, I would have waited a million years for those two kids. Okay. You'll find that when God does produce that thing you're waiting for, he has set up you, he's prepared you, he's prepared them, he's prepared it for you. And you will find that it is at the perfect time to give his name the most glory. And he will be thankful for the wait. I promise you that. Uh, Cassandra, I hope this helps you. I love you guys so much. I'll see you next week on a brand new edition of The
0: Autumn. Show. Thanks for listening to this edition of The Autumn Miles Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. There, you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Her inspiring message will be sure to engage and touch the heart of your audience at your next conference, church event, or business function. While you're online, you can find out how to order Autumn's latest book, Gangster Prayer. Our prayer is that this book will lead you to an intentional and passionate prayer life that is in sync with the heart of God. Go to autumnmiles.com to order your copy today. As we close, remember that you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to join us next time for another edition of the Autumn Miles Show.